Welcome to the Full Effects podcast, Currency Matters, this edition in association with Lucera Financial Infrastructures. My name is Colin Lambert. I'm publisher of the Full Effects. And I'm delighted to be joined by Scott Maglin, who looks after the counterparty business for currencies, crypto and commodities at Flow Traders. Scott, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, nice to talk to you. Likewise. No, it's a pleasure. Obviously, now Flow Traders is established in both sort of fiat and crypto markets. So I'd like to talk to you, if I can, about how you kind of approach each um, market, you know, maybe where there are commonalities. Um, I mean, how do you see the market structure evolution? Maybe we can kick off with crypto and then feed that into into what's happening in FX. No, definitely. Um, so it's quite interesting because both traditional finance as well as kind of how we approach crypto has been very different. Um, and what I mean by that is that our our engagement to the crypto space was we have a very firm belief on where it's going. Uh, and so as such, we have used our experience in trading, in market making the traditional markets uh, in order to do so in the ETP space for crypto, in spot crypto, futures options, et cetera. So it really was saying, you know, taking a view that we see a future here. We want to be a part of, of, of it in as in many ways as possible. With traditional finance, what we essentially did is we leveraged our success in the exchange-traded product market. Um, and, and what I mean by that is when you're so active in that space, you have different exposures. Uh, for instance, if you look at kind of the spider gold, you know, as we get these big tickets, um, we need to figure out how to manage the risk in gold. So instead of just doing it in futures markets or in other ways, we took the opinion and the view of beginning to enter the spot precious metal space, because that too could help us off the back of our ETP uh, presence. Um, but it also allows us to support our counterparties in different areas of the market in market making in precious metals. Same thing with currencies. So if we have different ETFs that have exposure in euros, we now have pure in or real inventory we can leverage to market make, which banks, systematic funds, brokers, et cetera, they really do like the fact that it is a, a real price, a genuine price that they won't see anywhere else. So lastly, the one thing I would like to mention is that we took the view in terms of merging these three products, FX, precious metals, and crypto on the same desk, um, because we it allows us to see the different opportunities uh, as kind of this evolves, as well as you see traditional firms starting to enter the crypto space. And during the bear market in crypto, we've seen crypto firms diversify into FX. And we're now at the intersection there where we can support both as they enter the different markets. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, I guess everyone was talking about crypto was going to just beat its own path. And, and obviously, when you do get that sort of correction, the size of correction we had, it, it does create challenges for, I guess, crypto native firms in particular, because they'd rarely seen anything like it. You mentioned there, like the the you know the unique liquidity that you guys can sort of come up with in um, commodities and FX. Obviously, we're recording this um, early, late August, early September, and the SEC has just lost its court case um, against Grayscale in in the US for crypto ETFs. Would you see? I mean, assuming that the crypto ETF space does take off following it would you see the similar opportunity uh in crypto markets 
for what you've done in in currencies and commodities? Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, you know, there is it's a small market, but you know we're we're very active in the ETP space for crypto, and so you know the news such as the one you mentioned when that happened, obviously we saw a lot of activity there, and I think that what it will do is again just further our belief in terms of what we saw and what we did in traditional markets that I just described. Um, in that you know our ETP activity will obviously tick up. And then that obviously will will have a big relationship with our OTC spot offering. The difference is, is that we're already in all these markets in crypto, where areas when it came to ETPs before we started the ETPs, and then we started kind of you know adding the FX in, in precious metals onto it. Are there, I mean, we, we spoke about the commonalities and you put the businesses together. Are you still finding though that there's nuances? around each market that requires just a tweak in terms of how you price and manage your risk? Oh, yes, 100%. So, you know, FX trades very differently than than Precious. Uh, precious, you know, month on month can be very different and very directional. Um, with crypto, that too, you know, everyone likes to talk about the, the correlations with Bitcoin and, and equities and things of that sort. And I, it definitely exists, but it, it still does trade differently. So, what we, ha- what we have found that was really beneficial is we, we moved our crypt- our spot crypto um, responsibilities in terms of trading to the FX desk, and we saw a lot of improvement just because there's just a lot of similarities as far as how those two markets trade and how you can quote and market make with them. So there are nuances, but there's also just a lot of kind of similarities in terms of what we've seen in FX and how FX trades and obviously how crypto does now. Um, so, yeah, we, we do see it kind of falling in line. And I mean, I guess if you look at FX, just generally different currency pairs trade in different fashions. So I suppose we shouldn't be surprised that there are going to be nuances in crypto either. Yeah, agreed. So looking across the, the three businesses then, I mean, how complex is the sort of price formation and distribution aspect to your business? Because obviously, you know, my understanding is you, you kind of started on that sort of um, – platform ECN exchange world, but you've been building, as your um, responsibilities at a firm uh, indicate, you've been building this counterparty business. So, I mean, how complex, has that made introduce complexities to the business and the technology requirements? So I think naturally the answer would be yes. Um, the way we've managed it, though, is a bit different in that, you know, our price formation is done uh, via our own models and algos co-located with the price distribution hubs such as NY4, LD4. Um, and I'm speaking about the counterparty business specifically, uh, but also kind of with FX and our platforms and, and things of that sort. Now, the difference is, is we made the decision to leverage kind of a partnership to take on the responsibility for that connectivity. So we've uh, we have a very strong partnership with Lucera. Uh, and what they do is they manage the connectivity, you know, through these hubs, uh, through the platforms, but also for all of our counterparties. And so there's two main reasons why we made that decision. The one is we really want to focus on generating alpha and focusing on market making. So this allows us to do that whilst Lucera does all the work and maintenance in terms of the connectivity. The other part to it um, that is selfishly for my business is essentially it allows time to market to be quite favorable, meaning because Lucera has such a broad network of clients, 
when we want to connect to one of these, these counterparties and stream prices, if they're already within the same network, it's very easy to spin up sessions and have that pricing begin. Where areas, if we were outside of the Lucera network, the integration and the time to market to establish that connection would take significantly longer. So that's kind of the main reasons why we decided to go that route. And it's simplified our ability to, um, you know, again, distribute our prices. Yeah. And I mean, I get, I mean ultimately, it allows you to exploit your IP while leaving the, with all due disrespect to all technologists, the boring technology stuff to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. There's always been one disrespect in every podcast. So I should have told you that before. So effectively, then, you know, that relationships and, and providing you with scale in the market, I mean, does that work across FX and crypto? I mean, obviously, at the, you're talking about FX previously, but would that also, that model work across crypto? Definitely. Um, I think that, well, I think I, I, I've quite the, the belief and I've seen it. There's been a lot of, I guess, institutions in crypto and the way that they initially kind of went about connectivity. Um, and they are now moving more towards where FX has gone. So we too are able to leverage that model with Lucera in the crypto market. Um, I think the only difference is, is that because crypto is somewhat new, our ability to leverage a, a, a huge network in terms of what the one I described before for connectivity, that's still being established. So we're still at the point where new people are, you know, a part of the Lucera network adopting crypto. Uh, so that's the only difference is it's just a little bit further behind than obviously we are with the FX markets. And, and I think you can argue that, generally speaking, across the whole market structure, can't you? Um, with all, again, with all due disrespect to everyone in the crypto world, there's a lot of talk about how it's changing the world. And from my point of um, particularly, I look at it and go, actually, maybe around the edges, but generally speaking, what we're doing is great another market for people to trade. So that's my that's my two penithin anyway. More broadly, then Scott, looking at sort of data and i guess price distribution to the big theme of the last decade in in price distribution has been fragmentation and it's kind of becoming that way in data now isn't it so does this outsourcing the tech does that really sort of help you manage that fragmentation because it seems to me it's going to continue ad nauseum until you know there's no one left to fragment too yeah, no, it, it, it does make it easier for us, um, again, because we, we leverage kind of their their time and their focus as far as maintaining that. Um, whilst, again, we can consume and use it as we see fit. And obviously, um, the, 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 like you mentioned, the, the pouring part gets outsourced, whilst the, the area that we're experts in, we get to focus on. Looking ahead then, I mean... I'm interested in what flow traders' aspirations are. You've, you have the three markets together, um, I mean, which I assume means that you look to essentially develop across all three. But, I mean, do you see sort of particular areas of focus coming up where you go, there's an opportunity for flow traders in FX and in crypto maybe? Yeah, and that's that's the the, the purpose why we wanted to, to put all these or, or the three of these together. Um, so what we really have been focusing on this past year, starting with crypto, is positioning ourselves both in product as well as connectivity to different institutions. And so what I mean by that is we, we have our ETP issuers um, who are you know, using our single dealer platform to consume our pricing. Uh, we have large native 
crypto funds that are using our voice offering. Um, and then we have retail brokers and systematic funds that either reach us through a multi-dealer platform or via direct API. Um, now, with the FX, you know, we have the, the, the banks who like our unique SKU, uh, the commodity trading houses using our precious metals for hedging. And then, interestingly enough, we have the broker community that trades all three of these products. And so it's quite interesting because that really shows that our kind of, I guess, line of thought that these should sit together, we're seeing at different counterparties as well. Um, and so it's good because we can we can leverage someone like Lucera to connect two institutions and price all three products via that channel rather than doing it separately for them all. Now, what we also have seen is because this desk sits together, we're able, because of the communication channels being one-to-one, not one-to-many, we are able to identify opportunities as they come. Um, again, because these products appear to sit you know, with each other, whether it's at banks or brokers or systematic funds. I've always liked the idea of a, of a trading business that's well-connected, um, not necessarily technology, but just in terms of idea generation. You know, you could be seeing something in commodities that could work in crypto and vice versa, and you know, something in crypto that could work in FX. I think that sort of um, intellectual stimulation you get from looking at three different markets is is incredibly valuable. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And But it is quite funny because, you know, we sit with the commodities guys, um, and then on the other side is the, the crypto, which obviously very different markets and very different thoughts in terms of tangible versus intangible. Unfortunately, you're talking to an old spot dealer. So as far as I'm concerned, they're both you know, quite clever in their own way, but nothing ever beats spot effects. We, you know, we have all the, we have all the ideas in the world. Um, that's, I digress. I just finally, Scott, what I'd what I'd like to do is is um, sort of maybe pick your brains in terms of um, how you sort of see market evolution over the next year or two. But more importantly, um, you mentioned earlier about the uh, the growth of your direct counterparty business. Obviously, this it's early days in crypto, but do you see that starting to creep into the crypto business where actually you are getting more one-to-one? Because the perception of crypto at the moment is still largely it's traded in a sort of many-to-many environment. I see a big growth in terms of um, different firms wanting to see OTC. So like I mentioned, the native funds, they want to access OTC liquidity. Um, it's just in, in what place to our advantage is that currently it really is a bilateral market, um, just like when FX started without primes. And because we are publicly listed, because we have, you know, our, our credit worthiness has, has definitely kind of been more profound and in, in, it's something people kind of, you know, gravitate towards. That's kind of played to our advantage. Um, but yeah, I, I do see the counterparty business being a big part of our strategy in terms of how we manage risk as a firm. Um, but it also allows us the ability to enter different markets and market segments uh, via FX, via crypto. And then that too is then, you know, it lays the groundwork for us to enter that space with ETF pricing that, you know, with brokers that we, we weren't able to before. But I do see the, the crypto space moving in that direction um, in terms of kind of, you know, picking up steam as far as kind of people building more um, and replicating what we've done in FX. 
And, and I guess, I mean, you know, not wishing to end on a negative note, because it's not really negative, it's just a temporary thing, but um, that having that, um, I guess, diversification of service that you're providing does help when you get conditions as we've had recently in crypto where volatility is dropped quite sharply. Conversely, FX volatility last year went through the roof. So I, I guess that helps, you know, that diversity helps you maintain the business through the not so much tough times, but the the, you know, the less busy times. Yeah, I mean, InfoTraders took the viewpoint um, a few years back to diversify as an institution. So when we were just an ETP equities house, uh, we then made the decision to enter the fixed income space. So that's our second pillar. And then the third pillar um, was developed based off of what I explained earlier, which is, you know, currencies, crypto and commodities. And so as, a, as an overall firm, we decided to diversify to make sure then, you know, some sort of, or when some markets aren't really active, the others can obviously take on full steam. And then in the pillar that I represent, the, you know, the CCC, currencies, crypto and commodities, like I mentioned before, the diversification is very helpful as well, like you mentioned um, just as kind of from a product standpoint, trading on exchange as well as trading with counterparties, that too diversifies our product uh, and also kind of when there's opportunities in one or the other. It's a fascinating space you're in, actually, and um, hopefully we'll get the chance to talk more about it in the future because I, I, I definitely think crossovers are there. And they're probably we get into the stage where we maybe get some uh, some really new ideas out of one spreading into the others. So, um, Scott, thank you very much for your time today. Likewise, appreciate the time. And um, thanks to our listeners for listening. This has been a full effects podcast, Currency Matters, in association with Lucera, and we'll be back again soon. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Full Effects Podcast, Currency Matters. This edition was brought to you in association with Lucera. You can download the podcast or subscribe through Apple or Spotify or catch us on the website, thefulleffects.com. 